Dreamweaver, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? Yeah. We're in our uh, second installment in our series, Dream On, and just kind of up front, I believe that when it comes to dreams, there are no limitations. I, I believe that everyone is created fearfully and wonderfully, and that uh, God has placed dreams in the hearts and the minds of everyone, believer or not a believer, doesn't matter. They're God-given, those thoughts, those images, those emotions, those visions are gifts from God. And the real question mark is whether or not you pursue those dreams. See, I believe the impossible is possible with God. If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to watch uh, online FF Worship. Uh, You can listen to podcasts on Apple or Spotify. But my, my hope in this series is that I will help some of you identify your dream. I also want to inspire some of you to start dreaming again. And I want all of us to pursue that dream and look at how how we do that. See, God not only uh, weaves that dream into our minds and hearts, but when you commit that dream to God, God will help you. God will help you establish a plan, and God will help you pursue that. And your dream, whatever it is, starts with where you are right now. You know, if you don't learn to work hard here and now, if you are not faithful with the small things that God places into your kind of arena of responsibility, if you don't do that right now, you will never get the chance at the bigger things. And if you do, you won't be prepared for those bigger things. Uh, kind of uh, scripture for this series, uh, it's really a prayer. It says, now to him who's able to do immensely more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen? That's a, that's a great prayer. Now before we dive in, I just want to do a little survey, and again, we're going to talk about decision-making today. And uh, if if you were offered a job in another city, and and let's assume it's a city you like, and it's a similar field to what you're in, how many of you would take that job if it meant a $25,000 raise? Can I see hands? All right. What if you got 50,000 more? How many of you? Keep your hand up there. All right, 100,000. How many are going? I mean, you're like, I'll pack tomorrow, you know. I mean, it could change your life, right? That, that's why it's hard for me to tell you this, but I'm going to another church because they've offered me more money. No, (laughs) no, you you know me better than that, you know. Here's what's interesting to me. I mean, some of you would be disappointed, some of you might get really excited if I was really going, but 
You would be disappointed that I would choose money to make that move. That, that, that money would be the determining factor, which personally I find kind of humorous because it's like, well, it's okay for you, but not for me, and what's up with that, but anyway. I want you to hold that thought, and I'll come back to it later, okay? The decisions that you and I make are defining. Decisions determine direction, and they determine our future. No matter how small those decisions are, they, they determine your future. Part, part of the problem that people have with, with decisions is that we have so many options today. I mean, more than any other time in history. And there's a lot of surveys, a lot of studies and articles and posts that I've read that indicate that the emerging generations, you know, the millennials, the Gen Ys and the Gen Zs, especially struggle when it comes to making decisions. And I think it's that unlimited option that, that makes this difficult. You know, something as simple as, what are we gonna eat? Is very, very difficult. Or what are we gonna watch? You know, endless options. In fact, has anybody ever uh, sat down to kind of uh, figure out what you're gonna watch and you start scrolling through all the options on Netflix and Hulu and Prime? And, and how many of you have ever spent so much time searching for something that you didn't have time to watch it? Yeah, okay, come on. Yeah. Options, it's a, it's a problem. I also think that it's become very difficult for making decisions because some, some people are dealing with what has become known as the illusion of perfection. Now, when I was growing up, the fact is I knew that I lived in an imperfect home. I knew that my friends were imperfect and that they had imperfect families. They were just like mine because I got an up close and personal look at the flaws and all. So I had no illusion that things were perfect elsewhere. I would argue that because of social media today and the limited real life interaction that life has been reduced to a snapshot. It's a pic, it's a, it's a post uh, that, that projects kind of this image or an illusion of what someone's life's like. And as a result, many people compare their lives to somebody else's highlight reel. And here's the issue with that. They come to a conclusion that their life is less than that their life is actually awful. And that is a conclusion that is not grounded in reality. So decisions, and again, a little stereotyping, but for the generations coming up, become very paralyzing. Because we all need to become better decision makers. We need better decision making skills. And so here, here's the big question. How do you know 
if it's a dream? How do you know if it's what God wants you to do in your life? I think too many Christ followers falsely believe that God's going to kind of let them know everything, you know, tell them exactly what to do, and that, that there's not going to be any doubt in, in their minds, that everything's going to be fine. If they jump in, there aren't going to be problems and obstacles. And friends, if you think that, you are absolutely wrong. It is a process following dreams. You know, Paul, he, he, he writes this, he says, perhaps I'll stay with you for a while or even spend the winter so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. So Paul's saying, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how long I'm going to stay here. I'm not sure where, where I'm going. Now, I think Paul probably had some stuff going on in his head. He had an idea, but it wasn't anything solid. He says, for I, I do not want to see you now and then make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I'll stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work is open to me and there are many who oppose me. Paul was not sure what the future held. But he served God effectively where he was. He, as the doors were open, he began to make adjustments in his life. Some of you should take comfort in this. You know, some of you may feel like Paul, you don't know a lot of details right now. God does not show us all the details most of the time. And, and so how do you find God's will? How do you, how do you find what that, what that dream is? You know, Proverbs 16.9, it says, we can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps, step by step. And here's the challenge, and this, this is really what I want to focus on to, today. Let's assume that you want to pursue God. You want to pursue that dream, whatever it is. Basically, you say, God, if you show me what to do, I'll do it. Let's assume that. Oftentimes, God is not going to show you specifics but the Holy Spirit's going to help you, going to help you with the discerning of what those steps are, the, what the next thing is that you're to do. God will give you the wisdom to make the decisions, but you've got to pursue and you've got to ask. You know, when it, wisdom, I believe, is one of the most important things that you can pursue. And just FYI, I am not talking about Googling and getting information. That is not wisdom. That's just information. You know, King, King Solomon, uh, he was the king of, of Israel. He's the son of David and Bathsheba. And Scripture says that one time he offered a thousand burnt offerings. This, this was extravagant offering. You know, most of the time he just offered one offering. He does a thousand of them. And Something that just kind of jumps at me. Sometimes people are like, well, you know, I don't think generosity really matters. Well, think again. You know, generosity, acts of worship in our life move the heart of God. It always has moved God's heart. You know, God was so moved with Solomon that he appears to Solomon in a dream. And God says, ask anything of me that you want. 
and I'll give it to you, Solomon. Now, it's interesting. Solomon, he didn't ask for wealth. He didn't ask for power. He didn't ask for protection. No, he said, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom so I can be a great king. Give me wisdom so that I can make God-honoring decisions. You know, 1 Kings 3, God says to him, since you've asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for, for the death of your enemies, but for discernment, see, we're getting at wisdom here, discernment in administering justice, I will do what you ask. And I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. The, the, the fact is, God moved, and I think that's why later Solomon, he, he's going to write, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do, and in case we didn't get it, he goes, and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. You know, never underestimate the power of wisdom in your life. You know, some of you, maybe you're 20 years old right now. Maybe you're 30. Maybe you're 50. Maybe you're 70. But how many of you can look back on your life and you go, I wish I knew then what I know now? Hmm? You gained wisdom. That's wisdom. Wisdom is more valuable than gold. Solomon says, get wisdom. You need it in your life. Ask God for direction. I mean, God may not show you exactly what your next step is, but God will give you the wisdom to make that decision. I mean, how, how do you find direction? How, how do you move in the direction of wisdom? Well, I want to look at some things that you can weave into your life. And I've made these real easy. They're one words kind of points. Walk, walk. You know, Proverbs uh, thirteen twenty. it says, walk with the wise and become what? Wise. And for a companion of fools suffers harm. What happens when you walk with the wise? You become wise. What happens when you're friends with fools? Well, <laughs> you suffer harm. There, there's a guy I know, Kim good friends, and, uh, you know, when he uh, first gave his life to Jesus Christ, he was excited about his faith, pretty pumped up about it, and then one day he started explaining to me that he was struggling. He said he was trying to stay off drugs, he was trying to quit uh, drinking or not drink so much, but it, it was a battle, and the longer he talked, friends, it became very obvious to me why he was struggling. It was kind of like a bell, ding, 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 ding. And I asked him, I said, your closest friends, how many of them are not doing drugs and not drinking too much? How many of them are faithfully following Jesus Christ? And I remember he said to me, he said, none. And I just suggested to him he needed new friends. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. It is impossible to live the right life 
if you're hanging with the wrong friends. And some need to just let that sink in a little bit. You want the right life? Walk with wise people. You become wise over time. A companion of fools? Well, you'll suffer harm. And, and this isn't just going to someone and go, you know, I think they're really smart. I'm going to go talk to them and, and get, get some wisdom from them. I mean, that's fine. That's, that's a good thing to do. But you need more than that. You need to plug in with people, do life with people that are making good decisions. That's why I talk so much about small groups or being in a ministry team, is because we need each other. We need strong believers around us that are consistently in our lives to be able to speak truth, to, to help us along the journey. You know, being in worship, it's great. It's a great thing to do. Having daily devotions, very, very important. The fact is you need to be in God's Word and spending time. But the pull in this world is powerful. I mean, it's really powerful. In fact, I would guess that for many of you, the environments that you operate in are very worldly, negative. They chisel away at you over time. You need to consistently connect with other believers with wise people that, that can encourage you in the right direction in your life. You know, parents, that, that's why you need to get your kids in the zone. You know, if you've got teenagers, you, you get them here on Wednesday night, youth group. Why? Because they can be with other kids that are moving in a similar direction. And the fact is, if you think coming once a month or once every couple months is going to do it, you are sadly mistaken. You want to be wise? You spend time with wise people. You want to be spiritually strong? You spend time with people that are spiritually strong. You want to be a great parent? You spend time with great parents. You surround yourself with other parents that are, that are going through the same thing so that you've got wisdom going back and forth. You want to get your finances straightened out? Well, spend time with people that are, have got their finances under hand, that aren't going from paycheck to paycheck and spending every penny they got. I mean, if you're hanging around people that dismiss God, let their kids run wild, and are broke all the time, you may want to get things right. Well, good luck with that. You need different friends. Wise people walk with wise people. You know, you want to be a better decision maker? Hang out with people that make good decisions. They'll help you along the way. We all need to minister to those that are far from God. I mean, that's one of our foundation pieces as a church, is we reach out to people. We love people. But reaching out and loving is different than just hanging out and going, hey, you're my best friend. Walk with wise, you become wise over time. Here's the second one, ask. You want wisdom? Ask for it. 
It is a promise, it is a prayer that God will answer in your life. You know, James 1, 5, it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. How many parents we got here? All right. If you're in the middle of parenting, this may shock you, but raising kids is a very curious thing. When, because when they're young, like uh, preschool, elementary, early elementary, you're their hero, and they think you know everything, right? And then something happens. I mean, it's a weird thing. They reach middle school, maybe a little bit before that. They actually start thinking they know more than you. And at some point, they actually believe you are clueless and you don't have any idea about how the world works. At some point, this is the good news, the trajectory changes. And they actually start thinking, maybe mom and dad, just a little bit smarter than I thought they were. And then one day, They'll come to you, maybe crying, maybe struggling with something, and they ask for advice because they realize you have some wisdom. Now, Cindy and I have raised two girls. Uh, they're, they're grown now. We, we don't insert ourselves into their lives in the sense of critique every decision they make or pressure them in some way. We have opinions, trust me, but we kind of keep them to ourselves. We try to avoid the, and this, I'm just giving you some stuff here, told you so kind of mentality. Now, if something appears like it's heading to disaster, well, we, we speak up and we, we say something. But here's what I want you to get. When one of our daughters is trying to figure something out and maybe calls or maybe we're sitting with them, they go, can I ask you something? What do you think about this? We are ready. <laughs> we're ready. We share every bit of wisdom and then some to try and help them with that decision. When you ask God for wisdom and direction, God will share it with you. He absolutely will. But you have to be spending some time with God. You know, how's God going to share that wisdom? Well, a lot of different ways. Definitely through Scripture. You know, that's why it's important you spend time in God's Word. You know, soaking it up, letting it get into your mind and your heart. There's all kinds of wisdom there. You find wisdom in the words of someone, maybe out in the atrium talking to somebody, in a, in a small group, ministry teams. I see it happen all the time. People begin to kind of share with one another. When, when you yield yourself in prayer and you pray about saying, God, give me direction, help me understand, God through the Holy Spirit will guide you, maybe encourage you, prompt you. And over time, I will tell you, you begin to recognize the Holy Spirit's prompting. And then your job is to actually follow and do whatever it is you're feeling prompted to. Ask God for wisdom. 
Do not underestimate God's ability to, to guide you with your dream. You know, Psalms, uh, the 32nd chapter, it says, God says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Guide, advise, and watch. D, you've got to decide here. You've got to decide. It's our third point. Now, how many of you like the movie Karate Kid? Now, I'll be honest, I love the original uh, one, but there, there's some great lines in there. And uh, Mr. Miyagi, one of them, he's sitting with Daniel, and he says, Daniel, son, must talk. Walk on road. Walk on the right side, safe. Left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, squash like a grape. That's good advice. When it comes to your dream, God-given dream, biggest mistake that you can make is walking down the middle. Do not be afraid to make mistakes. We kind of broached this last week. Not making a decision is a decision, by the way. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of messing up, making the wrong choice. How do you know if it's from God? How do you know if God's opening the door? Well, sometimes you got to protect yourself because selfish desires get in the way, especially if Scripture doesn't give clear direction because God, God's Word has a lot to say about things we're not to do and a lot of things to, to say about what we should always be doing. But when, when scriptures speaks, we, we trust God. We obey, complete obedience. But when there's no clear path, no, no directive, what do you do? Well, guess what? You get to make the call. And I know, as I said, you go, but, but, but what if I make a mistake? Well, then you gain wisdom. You know not what, you know the thing you shouldn't do at that point. But you've got to use all the wisdom that you can come, come up with, whether it's through Scripture or talking to friends, talking to people in the area that, you, that you're pursuing, they, to help you make the best choice you can. Now, back, back to the Apostle Paul. You know, he's seeking direction from God. God didn't speak. God, God didn't lay it all out for him. And so he, he says this in uh, 1 Thessalonians 3.1. He says, finally, when we couldn't stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in, in Athens. In other words, we thought about it. We considered everything. God didn't say anything. And so Paul makes a decision. There are times that you have to simply make a decision based on the wisdom that, that you've gathered. Don't be afraid of the decision. Don't be afraid of the mistake. And I'll tell you as a, as a pastor, there, there are times that I know where God's directing me. And it's very, very clear to me. 
There are times that I have sensed God, but God's not really giving me directions. God's just saying, you know what? I trust you. Make a decision. Move forward. What if I make a mistake? You get wisdom again. You, you, when you make a mistake, you maybe have to travel a longer path. You, you may have to do an extra semester in school. I mean, you may have to clean up a mess that you've made. It may cost you money. It may cost you time to get things back on track. But again, you get wisdom, and it helps you with the next decision. And I will tell you, I've made some good decisions through the years. And there are other decisions, eh, not so good. They took me off track. They created a little havoc. But here's the great thing. Every time I have miscalculated, God was there guiding me, advising me, and watching over me. And helping me. Giving me some wisdom. Helping me get back on track. Helping me figure out what the next step was. And I just trust God and I'm obedient when, when it's clear and when not. When I'm not clear and I make a decision, I still trust God. Now, I ask you at the beginning of the message, how many of you would move to another place, another city, to make X amount a year? And a lot of people said, yeah, sign me up. And here's what I want you to understand. Too many people make vocational decisions based on money. And here, here's my caution with this. If finances are the determining factor, it'll mess you up. In fact, it'll wreck your life. May hurt your family. And it almost always derails the dream. You know, when we started uh, Faith Fellowship, I made the decision to cut my salary in half. And I had buddies in, in ministry that they, they're calling me going, man, what are you thinking? That, that is too risky. Do not do it. Stay the course with what you're doing. I even had a couple of them flat out tell me I was crazy. And so when I talk to them these days, I go, who's crazy now, you know? <laughs> How important is your dream? The fact is, you may have to take a pay cut to pursue your dream. You may have to go back to school. You may have to work extra hours to keep the dream afloat. But it is a season you make the adjustments because it's your dream. It's a God-given dream. Sure, it's a sacrifice, but it's an opportunity. Again, how important is your dream? You got to decide. How do, you, how do you get in the, what I'll call the perfect will of God? You serve as best you can in the moment where you are. You see, there's a theme building here in this. 
Because if you do that, God will guide you along the best path. God will advise you and watch over you. God will lead you in the right way to do it the right way and give you direction, but you have to decide. Mom and dad can't decide for you. Nobody else can make that decision for you. You have to decide. And if you decide the dream's that important, well, you can keep dreaming on. Keep it moving forward. It's good advice. Some of you have a dream, and God's given it to you. But you got to decide. Am I willing to sacrifice and do the things I need to do to see that dream through? Let's bow in a word of prayer to God. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. God, I know you've placed dreams in everyone's heart. God, I just ask your Holy Spirit to stir those dreams. That for some, maybe they're just at the beginning point figuring out what it is, but God, that you would help them with that. And God, I know there's some that this is kind of a difficult topic because they've given up on their dreams. And God, I pray but you just remind them you're not done. It's not over. God, help us all to pursue, to be who you created us to be, called us to be. God, we place our dreams in your hands. Give us the wisdom. Give us the strength. Give us the courage to pursue. God, I thank you for the opportunities before us. Pray that we'd be faithful. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. God's people said, let's continue with worship. You can remain seated and uh, they're going to share with you now.